0: in each sip and each sup? Will you partake of that last offered cup? Or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, a 100 million angels singing. Multitudes are marching. To the big kettle drum A voice is calling voice is crying Some are born And some are dying It's Alpha and Omega Kingdom come And the whirlwind Is in the thorn trees The virgins Are all trimming Their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree. It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Till Armageddon, no shalom, no shalom. Then the father hen will call his chickens home. The wise man will bow down before the throne. And at his feet they will cast the golden crown. Oh, when the man comes around. Whoever is unjust, let him be unjust still. Whoever is righteous, let him be righteous still. Whoever is filthy, let him be filthy still. Listen to the words long written down. But when the man comes around. Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers 100 million angels singing Altitudes are marching to the big kettle drum A voice is calling, voices voice is crying Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega, Kingdom come the whirlwind is in the thorn tree, the virgins are all trimming their wits. The whirlwind is in the thorn trees, it's very hard to kick against the pricks. It measured hundredweight and penny pound when the man comes around.
1: Mm -hmm. Thank you, uh, all six weeks, thank you, thank you. We uh, we gave you a new song each and every week, and uh, Greg and team, you've been just knocking it out of the park, so thank you, we're blessed. Hey, good morning, Messiah, and uh, God's great blessings to you, happy Memorial Day. Hmm, happy Memorial Day, is it? Or maybe I should better ask this, Uh, should Memorial Day be happy? Oh, don't get me wrong, I enjoy a good cookout, you know, just like everybody else. I love the opening of the public pool and all that. Who isn't happy about an extra long weekend? However, really, if you think about it, happy doesn't, or it really shouldn't fit with Memorial Day, with memorials. Uh, Think about this past week, as we really consider the heartbreak um, at Robb Elementary in Texas earlier in the week. And then specifically, Memorial Day, Um, it's really a time to set aside to honor those who have, uh, you know, served in the armed forces and who have fought and who gave the ultimate sacrifice on the battlefield so that we could enjoy the freedoms that we do enjoy in this country. So Memorial Day is really about sacrifice. It's about death. And if you take Memorial Day to heart, then you know that really it's kind of a somber thing. It's a serious thing, and death certainly is that. Let's take a look at this picture. This is Johnny Cash's memorial. That's what memorials are. They're markers. Uh, Maybe you recall that's how we began the series, with this grave marker. Obviously, Johnny Cash did not die while serving our country, but he did serve. He served in the Air Force. And you see the inscription there that comes from Psalm 19 verse 14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Many pastors begin their sermons with that verse. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, be pleasing to you, O God. Well, let's let's do that. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we uh, need your help this morning. I need your help because I need to speak the truth today, and I need to do it in love. And I pray that uh, you would help all of us to receive your word today and, uh, and take it to heart. Take it to heart. Help us to put this one into practice, not just for our own sake, but for others too. Amen. Okay, well, you look at this memorial uh, marker here, and that's a good reminder. It's a good reminder. There's the future. That's the future for each and every one of us. Check the statistics. No one goes on this earth forever. Uh, There is an end for all of us, and we need to take that seriously. And that's why we're concluding our uh, Johnny Cash series with this, uh, this song, The Man Comes Around. And if you take that song to heart, then you know that it's really quite a serious song. This was one of the last songs that Johnny Cash wrote. It was one of the last gospel songs he would sing. When he recorded it, his uh, health was so frail that for some of the sessions, the producer actually had to record him singing just one line at a time, each part then spliced together later. But this is the song that Cash was most excited about singing. He obsessed over this song particular song, writing pages and pages of lyrics. His son, John Carter Cash, said it was the most important thing to him that he had ever written, maybe ever, and he just loved it. In Cash's opinion, it was the greatest gospel song he ever composed, and it all began with a dream. Get this, Johnny Cash had a dream. The dream was about the Queen of England. You know how dreams are, you know, weird. (laughs) Richard Beck writes, In the dream, Johnny Cash is visiting the Queen of England in Buckingham Palace. And he walked into the room, and the queen is sitting on the floor, and she's knitting, and she's laughing. And she looked up at Cash and declared, Johnny Cash, you're just like a thorn tree in a whirlwind. Now, that line echoes an Old Testament image of judgment. See, Johnny Cash read the Bible just about almost every day of his life. The Queen's remark in the dream and the images of judgment in the Bible began to stir in Cash's mind, and it became the basis of a gospel song that he really wanted to write, a gospel song that was going to connect with a younger audience who had only just recently been turned on to his music. He had this new group of people that were interested in what he was singing, and so he was going to sing something really important. And so Cash, he searched the Bible looking for and collecting related imagery. Seven years it took him to write this one. Seven years when the man comes around. Now, just for a moment or two, we're going to do a little aside, a little time out, because I specifically want to address those who've been around church for a while. Churchy people, people like me. Gray hair, few wrinkles, more than halfway home, not old people, (laughs) I'm saying well-seasoned, right? Classic people, vintage people, you know who you are. Here's what I want to say to us. Johnny Cash is our guy. He is our guy. The church needs Johnny Cash Christians. You think of it. The last years of his life, what was Johnny Cash really interested? What was he most concerned about? You know who he was influencing and writing songs for? It was young people. I think Johnny Cash would absolutely love our value around here, that the faith of the next generation matters now. Johnny Cash was old, and he was cool, all at the same time. The next generation needs, needs Johnny Cash Christians who already know, hey, we're heading to heaven, we got it. And so we're willing to give up our preferences in order for the gospel to be heard as good news, and that's cool. The world needs Johnny Cash Christians who know what the mission of Jesus is all about. First things first. It's not about catering to our personal likes and wishes. That's not it at all. Check your Bibles, people. It's about sacrifice. It's never about entitlement. And we have got a great mission here at Messiah. And so I say this. Thank you. Way to go, Johnny Cash Christians. You are very important around here. We need you. I thank God for you. I admire you. Thank you for sticking it out at Messiah as we've changed over the years and as we will continue to change because the culture changes. The gospel never changes. The gospel never changes. We're married to the gospel. That never changes, but we date how we get it done. That changes, but we're always married to the gospel, so that will always be. But how we get it done for the sake of those who need to hear it, that will change. And that's very hard for seasoned people. And so for those of you, us, who have stuck it out and who are going to stick it out and roll with the changes, mm, well done. That's being a Johnny Cash Christian. Somebody clapping for that? All right, let's go. Why not? We got all, hey, we got all weekend. We're not going anywhere, right? You have no plans this afternoon, I'm sure. Now all of a sudden everyone's thinking about their plans, what they got to do this afternoon. All right, I'm going to see if I can reel you back. All right. For the sake of the gospel, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. And by the way, that's the topic of our next message series. It's called Making Waves, and it's all about what you do today. What we do can have this ripple effect. Um, that has a positive impact, not a negative, a positive impact on the world and the people around you. And so please join us next Sunday. It's really important for our church. And we need all the Johnny Cash Christians in the house or at least paying attention on TV. All right, we're going to open up to God's Word. Um, Warning, serious word. That's a story Jesus told during the last week of his earthly life. And so when Jesus says something toward the end, you really want to start paying attention to it. And one of the scariest chapters in the Bible, I believe, is all of Matthew chapter 25. And I'm going to give you just a portion of Matthew chapter 25. Jesus said, At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins or maidens who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here comes the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and they trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wives, ah, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived, wouldn't you know it. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others came. Sir, sir. Open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the gospel of our Lord. But is it? Is it gospel? As in good news? Well, I guess it depends on what side of the door you're on. It all depends if you're ready for when the man comes around. For those who know him, man, it's great news. It's a party is what it is. Let's go. But not so much for those who don't. It's judgment day, okay? That's what Jesus' story is all about. It's the last day. That's the song Johnny Cash was singing. It's uh, serious stuff and it's absolutely loaded with scripture. You want to do something fun this weekend? Do this. Now we'll get to that. Listen to the song on your own, okay? Like, find it. And then, um, I want you to either go in the hallway and pick up one of these listening guides that Richard Beck, uh, he wrote all the scripture references that that song is referring to. Um, or you can uh, you can go to uh, our website and you can you know download this uh, listening guide. Or if you want to be really slick, you can get your phone out and poop poop click the QR code, and it will magically appear on your phone, and you can listen to the song, and you can see, like, where, what's Johnny Cash do? and the whole thing, it's like scripture, 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 it opens up, if you hear him, the original song, it's him speaking the words of Revelation chapter 6, and it just kind of keeps going, and going, and going, and going, and going, um, and so check out the Bible references, and, and get that song going in your head, um, the song. Like, this, like Jesus' story about the ten virgins, it's really a serious one, okay? I, I don't know if this is one you, you, you break out at the party, you know, this weekend. But maybe you should. I don't know. It's a somber song if you think about it because it's about separation. And we don't like the sound of that. But it is the truth. A time is coming. We don't know when when either we will die and we will meet him or we will be alive on earth when he comes back on the last day, but we'll either be in or out. The song Cash sings, there's a man going round taking names and he decides who to free and who to blame. Everybody won't be treated all the same. When the man comes around, there's gonna be this division. There's gonna be this separation. Voices calling, voices crying. Some are born, some are dying. Alpha and Omega's kingdom come. Jesus wants everyone to know he's coming back and the door is open and then it will be shut. I really don't like this picture. I really don't like Jesus' story. And Matt, I don't like Matthew 25 at all. I really don't. Sheep, goats, talents—those in, those out. Ten virgins—those in, those out. Doesn't make me happy. This is not like, yay! I remember hearing this story as a as a kid and thinking, boy, you know, this story—it doesn't sound very Jesusy. I mean, it seems pretty selfish to me for the wise not to share with the foolish, right? Couldn't they just let them mooch just a little of their oil, just enough to get in the door? I mean, I thought we were supposed to share our stuff. Right? Ha, we are. Except and that's not what this story is about. This one is not about sharing. You see, there's one thing that we can't borrow from, and there's one thing that we can't give to somebody else. And that's our own preparations for meeting Christ. Author Ken Bailey writes, Commitment and the discipleship that follows can neither be loaned nor borrowed. Each believer must participate with his or her own resources. Some things just can't be borrowed. So the parable's about getting ready. It's not about who's a good person and who's a bad person. Did you notice that all 10 of them fall asleep? It's a long time in coming. But the man does come around, and he comes at midnight, no less. And five have the ready oil with them. They light their lamps, and five just could not. Well, this parable ought to wake us up. Because there are those in our lives who had lamps burning at one time. But today, they're asleep. Do they have ready oil? Are we concerned about that? Do you care? See, that's the point of the whole church. We do care. We do. Listen, Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. It doesn't make sense. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light. To everyone in the house, in the same way, let your light so shine that other people are going to see the good stuff that you do, and when they see it, they'll connect it to Jesus. They'll praise their Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. Speak the truth in love. you got to have both. One without the other doesn't get the job done. you got to speak the truth, because if it's all love, it doesn't help anybody out in the long run. Right? If you went to the doctor and you had something wrong with you and all he says, oh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No, worry about it. I need a cure, right? You need this truth. You're sick. Light. What does light do? Light is truth. Light gives direction. Right? You got to speak the truth because the absence of truth, what is that? That's foolishness. It's foolishness. If you don't have the truth, you're a fool. So it's dangerous not to have the truth. It leaves people in the dark. Light, though, shows the way. Speak the truth, but it's got to be in love. If you don't get the love part down, huh. what is light? It's attractive. Light draws you closer. Light attracts attention. Well, there's nothing that's more attractive and more attention-getting than love. If all you do is truth and you don't have the love, well, that's heard as, well, it's not. It's either ignorable, like whatever, or it's painful, it's a punch in the face. Paul would tell you this. He'd say, without love, you're just a resounding gong, a nonstop gong, or a clanging cymbal, what he's saying is you're just annoying is what you are. You're somebody that people want to get away from. So you got to speak the truth, but it's got to be in love. Speak the gospel most of all. Keep your lamp lit, eyes open, look around. Start with one, okay? I just want you to think one person. You can pray for them, start praying. One. Think of that one person you're concerned about. Each of us know one person who needs the truth in love. They need the truth and the love of Jesus. They need his love, but they also need the truth. And they need this truth probably best of all, that Jesus is for them and he's with them because Jesus came for people like them exactly like them, like us. What I'm saying is people with sin, people with baggage, people with scars, people with brokenness. Um, Jesus, that's who he came for. That's who he died for. He's the ultimate sacrifice for people. He said it himself. He said, and I think this this one is my favorite. I say that a lot. This is my favorite Bible passage, or this one's really a favorite. That's a favorite too. But this is the one where I'm happy about it. Every time I read it, I love it. I love it. I love it. It makes me happy that Jesus did not come to call people who think they're awesome, but he came for sinners. He came for people who know they need a Savior. He came for people who know, yep, I don't got to go on. I need somebody who's awesome. I love that. This is good news for me. I'm a sinner. It's good news for you. It's good news for all of us that Jesus came for outcasts. Outlaws and everybody in between. Jesus did not come to make people behave. (laughs) Bless you. Jesus did not come to make people behave. Jesus did not come to make bad people good people, whatever that means. Jesus came for sinners, came for the sick, not for the healthy. He came to make dead people alive. He came to take people home. One day, he desires mercy, not sacrifice. Being wise and having oil for your lamp, guess what? It's really not about you. It's about what he's given you, okay? It's not about your behavior. It's about what he's given you. It's not about behave, it's about believe. And for some who might be listening today, it's about what he so very, very desperately wants you to have. It's his love for you, that he's for you. You're never too far gone to receive it. It's never too late, never, ever, ever too late to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you. How about this? Make it real simple. Give I ain't got no oil. I want some oil. I've been sleeping for a long time, but now I'm ready. Give me your oil. And he will. He will, and let me tell you this, he's the only one who can give you oil. He's the only one who can. And he spilt it all over the cross for you. You see Jesus didn't come to bring punishment. He came to take punishment. He took it away, and he wants you to be with him. And here is the good news. If you are with him, you do not have to fear judgment day at all. You do not have to fear judgment day if you are in Christ. Because for those who are in Christ, judgment day was settled 2,000 years ago on a cross at Calvary. That's over. He became our sin. He became the ultimate outcast. He became the ultimate outlaw we need saving (laughs) he did it he took the powder it's settled done johnny cash needed saving he's broken richard beck tells that in 1967 johnny cash crawled into a cave the nickajack cave planning to kill himself because his life had spiraled out of control because of his drug addiction, and promoters were canceling his events due to his erratic behavior, and his wife Vivian had filed for divorce, and he is wracked by grief and guilt, and Cash drove to the cave to plan to bring an end to it all. For sure, it wasn't a very rational plan, but Cash was probably high when he concocted the whole idea, but he was going to crawl deep in a cave and get lost in the maze of its tunnels, so lost that he'd never be able to find his way out again. Isn't that a scary way? Oh, think about that. I, you got to have guns to do that or super desperate. Hmm. Well, he entered the cave and he crawled through the system for a while until his the batteries on his flashlight died, and he was left in absolute darkness, and he lay down in that inky blackness, and he just wanted to die. And there, in the midst of his pain, God spoke to Johnny Cash, and Cash heard God say, whispering to him in a still, small voice, and here's what he said, I'm still here. Though Cash had wandered far from God, he realized there in the darkness that God had never abandoned him. The voice that Cash heard in the darkness of the Nickajack cave proved to be a turning point in his life. After hearing God's voice, Cash crawled out of the cave and back into the light. Well, you know, I personally have never heard God's voice like Johnny Cash did, but I kind of have. Not audibly like that, but I know I've experienced profound feelings of peace and joy. I very much know what it feels like to be forgiven and loved. And I know sadness too. I know terribly sad things. You know, you processed earlier this week. Ah, oh Lord, come, Lord Jesus. You know, bring an end to this. If you think back early in the week, right? Or you think about this story about the future. Voices calling, voices crying, the separation. Some are born, some are dying when the man comes around. It's eternal death. Hmm. That is a somber thing. I don't want that for anybody that I know. I want you and I want those that you know to come through that open door and enter the party. And I'll tell you this, if a sinner like me wants that for you, then how much more does your Father in heaven want this? Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. he who seeks, finds. Those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you? Which of you, if your kid asks for some bread, you're going to give him a stone? Or if she asks for a fish, you're going to give her a snake? If you, even you, sinner, evil sinner, can figure out how to give good gifts to your kid, how much more will your perfect, loving, heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? So ask, seek, knock, the door will be opened, come out of the darkness and into the light while there's still time, because if the gospel is anything, it is good news. And it really boils down to this, that Jesus is for you, that Jesus loves you, he is with you. Last little bit, last time, Richard Beck tells a story that toward the end of his life, Johnny Cash said he wanted this song to be his final sermon to the world. He said, I called upon Jesus and he stood with me. I can never praise him enough for all his blessings. And then he paused and continued. And he said, But I tried to praise him with the man comes around. If someone is listening to my music 50 years from now, and then he paused. If someone is listening at all, I hope they're listening to that song. For Johnny Cash, the gospel begins and it ends with Jesus. Time after time after time, Jesus had rescued the man in black, because that's how it works over and over and over again. He rescued the man in black from the demons that had tormented him and his very worst self-destructive impulses. Jesus had forgiven him and healed him again and again and again, a broken and sinful man. And it was Jesus who also inspired Cash to use his music to stand up for those on the outside. It was the same Jesus who welcomed and loved outcasts and sinners, and the same Jesus who forgave his murderers on the cross, and that's the gospel, that's the oil, and it's all yours, amen.